Okay, third time's a charm. First time I was recording this intro, I didn't hit the record button. I spoke for about 10 minutes. Second time, I screwed up so bad, I thought I'd rather just start over than edit it. So this is the third time. Welcome to the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Zar. This is episode 103. I have a great interview for you today with dark artist Rachel Bridge. Ooh, I'm very excited to present to you. She's amazing and uh, has a really unique voice, and she's just a great painter. So that will be coming up shortly. Um, what's been going on in my life for the last week and a half is that I threw my back out, pinched a nerve. I got a pain shooting down my arm. I can't sit in a chair for longer than a few minutes, or at least I haven't been able to for the last week and a half. Today it's a little bit better. And um, I've been going to the chiropractor. I'm on uh, visit three. I just had this morning. And I am getting better, thank God, because oh, kept waking me up at like 4.35 in the morning with this pain shooting down my arm. It's terrible. Anyway, I think uh, this uh, hopefully I got to start doing yoga, I think, because I, I think if I was doing yoga, I, this probably wouldn't have happened. So um, this might be the uh, kick in the ass that I needed to start with doing yoga because I've been wanting to do it for years. So that may be a good thing that comes out of it. Anyway, that's thrown me off all week and set me back with my regular painting work and earning a living and stuff. So I'm a little bit behind on everything, but I'm on the mend and... Moving forward. So first, let's start off with, uh, let's see here, new subscribers to Patreon. Uh, we've got three new subscribers. Thank you all. Let's see here. Okay. New subscriber, Chad Savage. Thank you so much for subscribing. I know Chad, or I know of him. I don't, I think we've spoken before online, but, um, I think I remember him from the MySpace days. He's been doing dark art, I think, since the 80s, so you should check him out. He's great. He's got some really cool stuff. Now, the second pledge, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name, so if I butcher it too bad, hit me up on Facebook or somewhere. Send me an email from the darkartsociety.com and let me know how to say this properly, but I will spell it first. J-S-K-A is the first name. Last name is P-R-I-E-B-E. -E. So my attempt is going to be Yiska. Yiska Preeb. That's my best guess. But thank you for subscribing. I really appreciate it. And let me know if I said it right. I'm sure I said it wrong. <clears throat> And our third new subscriber is Heather Rose. Thank you so much, Heather. You are all helping us build this community. You're helping keep the podcast free for everyone, for those that can't afford it, and um, helping the dark art movement grow and move forward. So if you want to join, uh, join at patreon.com slash darkartsociety. And it only costs a dollar a month. 
add as one of the benefits, you get exclusive access to the closed Dark Art Society Cooperative Facebook group. And I cannot overstate how cool this group is. There's no drama. It's a bunch of cool dark artists. People are getting to know each other. People are sharing their artwork, asking questions, technical questions, answering questions, helping each other out, um, doing art trading cards, um, auctions. It's pretty cool. And it's really kind of growing on its own. We have a featured member of the month. It's really cool. And it's only a dollar a month. So what I would su suggest is if you're thinking about it, pledge for one month. It costs $1. 99% of the people who listen to this podcast can afford $1. Try it out. See how you like it. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. It's really easy to cancel. And you could also, you know, join for a period, cancel, and then start your subscription back up if you want, if you're short on money or something. So it's, uh, and it helps to support this whole thing. And uh, we appreciate all the support we can get. And okay, that's my spiel on that. Okay, so for this new feature of answering questions, I've got a bunch of questions that were asked on Instagram. It's our new Instagram, uh, Dark Art Society Instagram page, which is at Dark Art Society. So I'm going to add, add, uh, answer some of these questions, maybe all of them, if I can answer them fast enough. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, looks like. So, okay, here goes. Let's answer some questions. Then we'll get on to the Rachel Bridge interview. At Clay Dude asks, do you play any instruments? Favorite genre of music right now? I do play instruments. I love music. In fact, before I got into painting and I was working in makeup effects, before I was working in makeup effects, actually, I started playing guitar around 17, taught myself to play. My brother, who's a really good guitar player, taught me, taught me a few chords. And I was never really into guitar playing per se. Like, uh, I just wasn't into guitar players, but I wanted to learn guitar so I could write songs. I was really interested in songwriting. So 17, 18 years old, let me see. I started a band um, with a friend of mine, uh, Christian, Christian Moreno. And we started a band called Skin Horse, and it was a really good band. But anyway, I've had a few bands throughout the years, and I do love playing, and I play guitar primarily. I was a singer for all my bands. Um, I wasn't a great singer. I could... I could carry a tune. I just didn't know how to sing. But once I learned how to sing and got some uh, lessons from a friend of mine who could sing on how to sing from the diagram, <laughs> from the diagram, from the diaphragm, um, I actually could sing pretty well. I'll have to put a link up to some of my last music that was professionally recorded in the late 90s. Uh, so yeah, guitar and bass. Uh, I'm a <clears throat> huge fan fan of bass playing more than guitar playing. And, and I have to say for the last couple of years, I've been playing bass exclusively and <clears throat> recording my riffs. And I have this fantasy that at some point I'm going to have time to write a bunch of new songs and record them. But 
<clears throat> we'll see. Favorite genre of music right now? My favorite genre of music. I mean, it's generally, you could say rock music, but, um, you know, I like classic rock definitely because I grew up on that stuff. <clears throat> but I like, it's all older stuff, to be honest. Um, probably post-punk, I say, is my favorite kind of music. Like, you know, the stuff I'm always talking about, No Means No. Um, bands like Shellac and... Uh, Fugazi and stuff like that, but I like punk music. I like metal. Um, but what I listen to mostly, I think, is probably the post-punk kind of stuff, Minutemen. <clears throat> anyway, that's that. At DStorm20, how is working with Adam Jones from Tool? <clears throat> Excuse me. Working with Adam Jones from Tool is great. We work really well together. We have similar tastes. Um, aesthetic tastes. Um, I think that I definitely, I mean, I definitely got, I've gotten a lot out of the tool relationship artistically because Adam, one thing about Adam, he's got really great taste in art and he's always kind of been on the cutting edge of what's cool. And like, like Bekshinsky, for example, my favorite artist, he turned me on to Bekshinsky before anybody else did, you know, in the late nineties. And um, <clears throat> so uh, he's great to work with creatively. It's amazing. We click. We've always just had a really easy time creatively working together and coming up with ideas and bouncing ideas off one another. So I wish it would happen more often because <clears throat> I enjoy it. So uh, Mr. Andrew Hawkins, what do you think are the basic building blocks of a good horror story? Horror movie or story, comics included. Um, that's a good question. I mean, for any story or movie or comic, I kind of think it doesn't matter what genre it is. The story has to be good and interesting. Um, but I kind of know what you're saying. What what are? But I think the good basic elements aside from having a great story is uh you know I, I prefer atmosphere i like a lot of atmosphere in a film um creepy creepy stuff i don't like especially in, in well only in films really um jump scares are just kind of cheap i like creative unusual disturbing um, creepy things in horror films. I'm not a big fan, uh, although I, I love Shaun of the Dead, what we do in the shadows. I'm not a big fan of mixing comedy and horror so much, but it has been done. I don't know. I think that's, that's a pretty good answer, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to get through all these, so sorry if I'm not. I, I'm still trying out this this. Uh, new feature of answering questions. We might dump it. We'll see if it, if it, people like it or not. Um, let's see. Okay, at Pyra, what do you love most about being a father and grandfather? Hmm. <clears throat> well, um, I'm a family-oriented person, so being a father, you know, it's it's great. Just having a family is is great. And um, watching your kids grow up and 
succeed at things and giving them advice. It's all, you know, enjoyable stuff. It's, it's fun for me seeing uh, my son Fritz now becoming kind of successful with his band, the Steady 45s. Uh, because it's such an unusual genre he 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 never asks me for help you know like i've told him before you know if you if you had a band that was kind of like metal or punk or heavy or dark music i could promote it to my fan base and 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 that would probably help you guys but <clears throat> he's into this traditional 60s ska music based on old jamaican ska and he's kind of just made his own way and never, you know, he did, he just, he's kind of approached it the way I did with my artwork when I was a kid. He's just doing it on his own. So, um, I think that's really cool to watch him do that. Um, it's just, you know, it's cool to watch your kids grow up and change. And, uh, as far as being a grandfather, what I love most about that is, yeah, okay, so what I love about, probably most about being a father is, is you know, watching your children grow up, set goals, and achieve them, I think. Um, as far as being a grandfather, it's uh, just, you know, playing with, with the grandkids is amazing. It's, you know, there's, it's really true. They say that, you know, you can give the kids back. You don't have to keep them all the time. So you could spoil them and then give them back to the parents. It's kind of true in that way. So it's it's more fun, you know, just pure fun in that way. Grandkids. Um, I just, you know, I just love kids. Kids are amazing because they're kind of magical. You know, they haven't been beat down by life yet especially young kids and my granddaughters are, are seven and eight and just you know the stuff they come up with is so funny i just i just enjoy being around them honestly they're so much fun <clears throat> my the seven-year-old who's kind of the funny one a little quick little story um, i brought home this anatomy model that chris velasco gave me i traded him for something it's a really nice anatomy model and it's of a man and it's got a dick on it and so i just brought it home set it in the living room the kids were over fritz and i were off in the kitchen talking and then chloe the young the seven-year-old comes up and she goes and she had her hands on her hips kind of she was sort of like sarcastic sarcastically uh reprimanding me and she goes interesting about a man's body and about a man's wiener I thought that was hilarious. It was so funny. It was just, you know, the way that they express express things is is just funny and cute. And I mean, the first one of the first times we met met them, um, Chloe came in the house and said, "It smells like a reindeer in here," because <laughs> it smelled like the dogs, I guess. Anyway, I I I don't want to sound like some old grandpa bragging about his grandkids but i guess i just did so okay let's uh, back to these questions at sketch garbage favorite tool song uh there's like a top three or four but um i think my favorite one is anima i love that song it's it's kind of a perfect song i think um close runner runners 
runner-ups or runners-up would be uh, Prison Sex, I like a lot. Um, 46 and 2, I like a lot. Um, Hooker with, with a Penis, I like a lot. Um, so, you know, my, my favorite tool era is probably the um, Anima album. It's when I worked with them the most, um, working on those videos and live visuals and stuff. And it's when they, I think, the kind of breakout album, I think. But um, I just like that album. I like the songs in there better than any other Tool album. So that's that. Okay, Dan Fisher, at Dan Fisher Art. Now that the book is getting close to completion, what have you learned about dystopia? Now Dan's talking about my dystopia book where I'm myth mythologizing the reality that I'm painting in my paintings. I have learned a lot of things, but <clears throat> probably the biggest thing that I never realized is that dystopia is a metaphor for this reality. Um, it's basically a mirror image kind of, in a way. So, um, you know, without, without saying too much, it's kind of like that. Uh, and I think you'll be able to, I think it'll be kind of obvious, but not too obvious because it's pretty weird. Okay, just got a couple more here, or three more. Will you be making more of those pins you made again? Oh, this is at lewis.marty7. Will you be making more of these pins you made again? I got one and loved it and wanted to give one as a gift. A, a new pin is in the works. And I'm not going to say what it is, but it's going to be really cool and actually kind of a big pin. And it's of, you know, probably my second most popular painting. The first pin was of Black Magic, and this one is of another one of my kind of classic, probably best well-known painting other than Black Magic. Okay, at... N10, oh yeah, and that'll be, I think, in the next month or two, they should be done. Okay, at N10 Studio, will you be at Monster Palooza? Yes, I have a booth there. Uh, I don't know the booth number, though, but I'm at the same spot I'm always at. Okay, last one. At Paranoid Sas Sasquatch, that's a good name. Is there any chance that Wayne Barlow could be a future guest? There is a chance. I can't speak for him. I haven't asked him yet, but I am in contact with him, and he, and he did say he would write the intro to the dystopia book, so I do need to get in touch with him soon because that stuff's... I, I missed my February deadline because of this fucking back. But um, it is really close. I'm going through, and I've just been renaming files, sizing all the images, a lot of images, and going and cleaning up the dust and all the images and stuff. So it's definitely, I'm getting the stuff to the graphic designer this month. Absolutely. I shouldn't say that because every time I do that, something happens. I feel like I'm jinxing it. But okay, that's my plan. It's got to happen in the next week or so. So, but anyway, um, I am in contact with him and he is on the list of one of the, you know, big interviews I'd like to do. And he's a really nice guy. So I, I think he might do it. I haven't asked him yet, but he's 
such a cool guy. I can't imagine that he would say no, but I haven't asked him yet. So I don't know. It's a good suggestion though. Um, okay. Wow. This is 20 minutes of me talking. Uh, let me know what you think of the, the, the new format that we're doing with the intro and the questions. And if this is going on too long, just let me know. Give me your opinions about how this is going. Um, Cause I don't know. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants or the seat of my shorts because I only have one pair of pants. All right. That's the end of the intro. Let's get into the Rachel Bridge interview, episode 103. Thank you all for listening and supporting, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Hello, Rachel. How are you doing? Good. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing good. Actually, my back is really messed up, to be honest with you. I like threw my back out and it's killing me. Oh yeah. What happened? I don't know. Nothing. I didn't do anything. It's so weird. It was like out of nowhere. It's like an old injury or something, but that's beside the point. <laughs> that, that, that has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I feel like that's a matter of time for me. Yeah. What's well, being hunched over the easel, you know, right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, First off, your your artwork is incredible. It's really amazing. I mean, I I really love it. Like you, when I see your artwork, it makes me want to instantly go and paint, which is kind of the highest compliment I can give somebody. Oh, that's so, awesome! Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> your stuff's incredible. So, um, I have a lot of questions uh, about it. Actually, um, Mike Carell, who used to do the podcast with me, he was the first one to turn me onto your work. Really? Yeah. Way back when we first started, he was listing names of artists that he thought we should have on. And um, one of them was Rachel Bridge. And I was like, I never heard I never heard of Rachel Bridge before. And then I looked your artwork up. It's like, oh, that's Rachel Bridge. I I know. I know the work. I just didn't know. I didn't put your name to it. So (laughs) you've been on the list for a long time. (laughs) So what happened to to Mike? (laughs) Oh, God. He he ended up he's living on. Uh, on the road in an RV, he like packed, sold his house, him and his wife and his three dogs, and they're and they're living this adventure on the road in an RV. Walter White style. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's <laughs> cooking meth that I'm aware of. But <laughs> but it is kind of cool, you know. He's he's uh he's he's you know everybody talks about he, at some point in their life. It seems like everybody talks about leaving it all and going out on the road and just kind of driving around and, and um, he's actually doing it. So it's pretty amazing. So he's going to, he's going to be on the podcast soon, like as a guest now. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Let's start with the basics. Um, Did you, did you start uh, creating work very young? Like most of us. Yeah. I've been drawing since I was a little kid, but Mm -hmm. um, I, I never really started like oil painting till high school, like probably tenth grade. So okay, up painting. <laughs> what, what what inspired you to start painting in high school, especially oils? That's pretty ambitious for a high school student. I, I think like most painters like first start out with acrylic, and I just went like straight into oil, and I just liked that way more. I never even 
Well, I tried acrylic like beginning of college, but um, mm. but mostly I've just only done oils. It's like the main like comfortable medium. That yeah, works. yeah. I I started acrylic, and I um, I always tell people once I once I got it and figured it out, I just could not go back to acrylic. You know? Yeah. It's so much fun. Work with it really, really well, but I just. I don't oh, like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it dries too, it dries too fast, right? Yeah, it dries too fast. Colors don't stay the same when they dry. Right. Um, and the gla- yeah. it's t- tough to do glazing. And I, yeah. I think you do you do glazing, right? Uh yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um I mean nothing against acrylic painters. I am not prejudiced against acrylic painters. I know you're huh? not I'm a, I'm jealous that they, that like, that have all those like golden mediums you can add. Yeah, to right. <laughs> it's like that for oil. Yeah, I remember my my dad telling me because my dad was a painter when he was alive. Um, and, yeah, amazing painter, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, he was he was great, super super great guy too. It would have been so cool to have him on the podcast. He would have been so yeah. awesome on the podcast. But um, he told me I remember when I was a kid, he was telling me about this illustrator named. Chuck Wren, that I, I don't, you know, R E N, I think. And he was, um, he did these amazing, um, he was kind of doing illustration work. And I, I thought it was oils, but it's, it's all acrylic. And he was telling me, you know, he's, he was the first person to tell me, you can, you can make acrylic look like oil if you know what you're doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. My, my dad actually, um, uh, was doing a uh, he's a surveyor and um, he was doing a survey for um for the goldens like for the, that from like the golden paint factory oh, yeah. i didn't even i didn't even know this but the golden paint factory is only like 30 minutes from where my parents are so um i got to meet like the whole like golden family and i for like a whole like thorough tour throughout the factory and it was really cool to see all this stuff that's cool you're like oh this is really cool i don't use any of your products though yeah <laughs> yeah but um that's got cool. a bunch of free acrylic stuff yeah so <laughs> maybe i'll do that at some point do you ever have, do you ever do like acrylic underpaintings no i see other people that do it um that do it really well and like efficiently and I've tried it, but I've heard like mixed things about how they like oil and acrylic interact with each other. So I just stopped. I didn't want to risk anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done, yeah. I've, I've done it before. I did it on a couple paintings. Um, Cause I know Brom used to, I remember hearing Brom saying he, or somehow I heard that Brom used to do that because of the fast turnaround of his work, mm-hmm. illustration yeah. work. Because you can bust out, you know, you could paint, especially if you're doing grisaille or something, you could paint almost a finished painting up until the oil stage and then just kind of go over it with oil and blend everything, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I, I, I try- definitely time saver. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I tried it and then I was like, it's not enough of a time saver to, to do that because it's kind of for me, it's a hassle because you got to switch your brushes over to acrylic. It's almost like mm-hmm. you should have separate acrylic brushes and a separate acrylic palette. Yeah, I'm like way too scattered and messy <laughs> to organize like that. Just oh, good. That's a, that's good to hear. <laughs> Me too. I'm I am. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a total mess. I was never. I've never been able to to be organized. I try and try, and it's just not in my DNA. Yeah. So, 
I'm always happy to meet another messy artist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's your, your version of being neat. <laughs> what's that? It's like your version of being organized. Yeah, being right. Like- right. Yeah, there's a certain level I can get as long as it works for me. But uh, it's always people come into my studio. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, people want to like look at mine. and I'm like, I'd rather you not. <laughs> I, I know. I always have to clean. It's gross. <laughs> I always have to clean before people come over. And then they're like, wow, you just cleaned? <laughs> it's like, wow. no, it doesn't look clean. I was like vacuumed. Yeah. <laughs> I swept. So that's that's about as good as it's going to get for you. Okay. So let's, let, I want to get through the kind of more standard questions first because I, I really want to talk a lot about your, uh, your artwork. Um, okay. So, you went. You uh, you went to art school, right? I did. I went to Pratt Institute in Brooklyn. Oh, isn't that where Travis Louis teaches now? I've heard he. I think he teaches at a School of Visual Arts in Manhattan. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I I I don't know anything about the East Coast, so I, I got confused. Yeah, I think so. But Pratt <laughs> is like huge, right? It's like a big art yeah. school. Yep. And that was a, that was a good experience for you. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Um, um, I'm in a lot of debt now, but it was a good experience. <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot of people complain about art school, but you know, you're you're younger, oh. right? I mean, you're pretty young, so thirty. Yeah, so you yeah. you went like ten ten years ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's when art st- schools started getting their shit together, I think, and teaching more figurative stuff. But people like my age uh have horror stories about art school because it was all like weird red squares uh, and I do too, but I don't want to take up the whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> but no, overall it was a it was a good experience. That's cool. I mean as long as you got as long as you're learning what 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 is applicable to what you want to do, you know? Yeah, I definitely like um I definitely learned a lot. The um the main building that um, where all like, the juniors and, and seniors painted in, my, my old studio, actually, they had a um, big fire there a couple of years ago. So, like, that was like a, that was a big thing. That was a year after I graduated. Oh, shit. Wow. And so they um, they had to I guess they had to move all the juniors and seniors um, into the gymnasium and they all had to, like, set up their studios there. I don't know if they're oh, still my doing God. The, the whole building all I don't know about the whole building, but a good chunk of it was completely destroyed. It was pretty sad. That sucks. I wonder if it was like arson from an from a disgruntled student. That's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I was um I was living a couple neighborhoods down the road at the time. Um, but I remember like even like at night, like I smelled I smelled like smoke and I didn't think anything of it and then like like all like the air the next day when I was like walking to the bus was really like thick with smoke. And, and then I found out that it was, it was um, that building that was on fire and it was, there's pictures of it. It's huge. Like the biggest fire I've ever seen. Oh my right. God. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know. I was. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was wondering that too. If, um, <laughs> If like it was like an arson thing, or if it was an accident, and um, apparently it was an electrical thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure it, there's a lot of flammable materials too. I always worry about that in my studio. Like, I don't know. They say that if you have 
linseed oil in a rag or something. It can combust. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I'm trying to be a little less careless with studio safety these days. (laughs) Yeah. I want to get one of those, those metal trash cans with the lids. You don't I actually just got one for Christmas. Oh, really? Like, I just asked for one. I was like, I want for Christmas because I just get more and more paranoid about stuff. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Now, now that I know that you have one, I'm going to get one because I've been thinking yeah, about it for fill, years. Fill it with water on the bottom. and. Oh, really? Water yeah. on the bottom? Okay. Yeah. I bet they have them on Amazon. I bet you could get one on Amazon. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, I'm going to remember that. Um, uh Okay, so you graduated. Did you are you are you a full time artist now? Um, like, is that how you make yeah. your all your money? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And um, I'm also learning to tattoo on the side too. Oh, are you serious? Yep, wow. that's hard, <laughs> so, right? Yeah, it's, it's taking up taking up a good chunk of my time. So, yeah. the, like posts, that's it's kind of what's going on on the side. But yeah. I'm determined. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, gonna I do. <laughs> that's why I um, I didn't do it. I was right on the verge of doing it. I bought all the equipment and I and I just. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. Yeah, and I just realized it's gonna take you know a long. It's gonna take a lot of time, and I I could just couldn't afford it. I can't afford to yeah. stop working, you know, because I'm just. You know, it's hard enough to make money, but you know, once you get done, you, you'll make a ton of money. With your stuff, I keep, I keep, keep thinking it'll be worth it. So. <laughs> Not gonna stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if you put the time in. It's such a different medium. Oh my god! When I first did it, I was like, "This is fucked up. This is like, like nothing." Yeah. You know, I know how to do pen and ink. I know how to draw. I know how to paint. I know how to sculpt. And when I tried tattooing, it's like this is not like any of those things. You know, it's yeah. kind of. It's not even really like drawing because it's. You don't have that surface tension that you get with a pencil. It's 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 really difficult. I, I really respect tattoo artists. Yeah, same here. Yeah, <laughs> are are you doing like a a, tr- a mentorship or anything or like a? Yeah, I'm doing an apprenticeship. Oh, a, 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 a apprenticeship. I meant. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, oh, you're it's gonna, a lot. <laughs> you're gonna be yeah. fucking successful. You're gonna be totally successful. Hope so. You are. <laughs> Absolutely. You are. You're going you're gonna to make big money. Just promise me when you make the big money, you'll you'll commission some artwork or something for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I want to show you something real quick. Okay. I'll screen, I'll screen grab it so people know what, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, hold, hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me screen, screen grab. Okay. Yes. That's, that's, I love that painting. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad that, that uh, you guys have that. <laughs> that yeah, is... I look at it like 20 times a day. And it makes my <laughs> cooler, so I wanted to, oh, I wanted to tell you. you. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I forgot. I, I, you know, you forget who owns your, your paintings, but I think Buddy got that a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite pieces in the house, for sure. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, that's... Um, called obsolete for people listening um a weird underrated painting that 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 uh i don't know i love that painting for some reason um but anyway back to you (laughs) thank you for sharing that it's cool (laughs) um uh okay so let's see so how did you how did you start your your art career 
did you kind of do it while you're in college or what did you do? Um, I wasn't really in college. I was mostly just, um, I was, I was working from life a lot, like doing a lot of like Ala Prima stuff and mm-hmm. um, working for models most of the time. Um, towards the end, I started playing mm-hmm. with photos more, but, um, it wasn't until like a year, year and a half after school that I started like actively trying to pursue like getting into galleries and stuff. So then, um, I, uh, I am showing at this tattoo shop actually in Brooklyn called Grizzle Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up showing there more and more and I ended up meeting a whole, a whole lot of really cool people from like New York and Philly. And, um, so it kind of just started from there. That's where I started like making my artist. Cool. Yeah. Tattoo, tattoo artists are great. I, we just talked about this, I think on the last episode, I don't know if it's aired or not. Uh, no. Yeah. The Tommy Lee Wintner one that I just recorded. Um, tattoo artists are like the greatest collectors. They're so, <laughs> in, so into art. Yeah. Like more so than a lot of other collectors. Right. Seems- right. Yeah. That, that's what, that's what I always say. It's like, they're, they're more into art than like a lot of the art collectors from the kind of the regular art scene. That's what I find. Seems like a good chunk of like my collectors are tattoo artists mm. as well. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's, that's, that was a huge, um, that's same, same with me. That was like a huge, uh, yeah, yeah that was a huge boost for my career. Um, yeah. w- working in the, the, with the tattooers and stuff. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. And, uh, very cool people too. Um, okay. So you just kind of built upon that and. Yeah. Just one thing led to another and I started showing more places sporadically after that. Mm. So, um, where are you showing primarily now? I mean, what's, do you have like a home base gallery or, um, well, I, I, I'm in Jersey, but I'm really close to Philly. So I show at Arch Enemy a lot. Um, Okay. Yeah. I hear a lot of good things about them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're awesome. They're in Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry about the weird arm arm movement. It's for my back. <laughs> I'm just trying to not be distracted by it. Um, yeah, that that's you know, this is a good good time to bring up the the fact that you. I didn't know you were in in Jersey. I thought you were in Philly. I wasn't. I was in Philly, but now I'm in Jersey. I've, how, I've moved a lot in the last couple of years. <laughs> how close I, is that? What? How, how close is Philly to Jersey? Um, where I'm in like a little, like, I'm in a small town that's just like 25, 30 minutes outside oh. of, it's not far at all. That's nothing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize it was so close. Um, so yeah, you guys have a really cool little scene going on in Philly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, I just, um, first heard about it from, um, uh, uh, Steve. Steve, yeah. Steve Clef. And, um. Uh, I didn't even realize, and he was naming off you and all these other artists that that show, and you guys have like, you know, get-togethers and and drawing nights and stuff. It's it's so yeah. cool. Yeah, um, he uh, he uh, does this thing drunk every month um, at this this bar called Tattooed Moms in South Philly. So, um, I try to make it out there when I when I can, but. Um, yeah, it's really fun. It's just like Steve always sets up like his like water oils and right. like 
in the middle of the bar, like no matter how many people are in the room and like right. the people just like get their sketchbooks out and draw. And um, I think he, uh, he, he start he kind of like branched off from um, Casey Weldon, I guess um, Casey Weldon started drunk originally um, in uh, Seattle. So Steve decided to bring it over here too. And that's so that's cool. Really- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are some of the artists that are in this little showing in this in this kind of group? You guys, unofficial group you have. For drunk, it's 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 different. It's different every um, it's different every month. But um, isn't there like a it, core kind of a core group of artists in the area though? Yeah, like like Buddy, like like um, Buddy Nestor goes there. Oh, that's my yeah. that's my friend. Um, Buddy Nestor's awesome. He's yeah, great stuff. Yeah, he's he's hilarious too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh um i don't know if you follow um velvet mush her name's michelle konzik she goes there a lot too um okay yeah i don't know her i think she's one that steve told me about though yeah she's really good really really good at watercolor mm. um, not not everyone's that good at watercolor but no. she she definitely is That's i hard. don't know how she, yeah but um <laughs> um her uh um, our friend Jean Altadonna, it's also like a really talented artist. She she goes there a lot too. Um, and a bunch bunch of other people. Yeah, there's I, I, I was forgetting. He was telling me all these things. It doesn't matter, but it's the point. The point being that, um, I mean, this is what I think everyone should be doing in their town. You know, I know. It's, I'm surprised it's not more common because it's so much fun and like it's not something you have to pay to get into and like we're totally open to like let letting like anyone like sit in with our group and draw with us too. And Steve was just, Steve's been mentioning a lot that he wants to like start actually hiring models and like, yeah. get like, get, like we have like a own little like cozy corner and like the, the um, second floor of the bar um, where we set up and he was thinking of actually getting like a model set up too. So. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. You get you guys are like an example of you're setting an, an example of what people can do all over the country that are especially people into uh, that are doing kind of dark art because it's it's hard to find um, a, a community for that which is what this whole podcast is all about really is trying to connect people and and starting starting a, a community um, and it feels pretty lonely a lot of times I think as a dark yeah. artist because you know a lot of artists a lot of artists don't aren't into it <laughs> a lot of people aren't into it but uh yeah yeah and you're i don't know you're so um involved in it and like you see it every day that you're just so desensitized to it they're like why don't you like it it's right. cool <laughs> i know exactly yeah it's like i feel like uh, i've said this before too on the podcast that my tastes are so tweaked at this point that I don't even, I don't even see it as different. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I I just see, it's either good or bad. And it's like, I don't even, you know, I, I'm only really um, talking about it as dark art just so that <clears throat> just to help, you know, uh, establish the movement basically, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, get people to take it seriously. But I, so everybody out there, especially you, you youngins, find other dark artists or art any artists i mean i'm sure you guys aren't limited to dark artists but um find artists in your community and just start setting up the drink and draws or chipping in and paying for a model and just you know 
go for it. Cause this is how, you know, you guys are like the Philly school of dark art. <laughs> it's like, this is how little, little art groups start. You know, this is what it's all about. It's so cool. Sorry about the dog. That's, that, that's probably the mailman. Oh, that fucking dog. Um, what's that? What's the, um, what's the scene like where you are? Uh, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause I don't do any of that. So I'm kind of a hypocrite, but, um, <laughs> there was a thing that I, I remember Gary. Bing- I don't do it either. Steve, Steve <laughs> show up. Right. Right. Um, we, there's so many shows out here. There's so many good shows out here that it's kind of like you see other artists at the shows because there's, there's, there's a good, there's a great show every month in LA, at least one, probably more. And, um, even, you know, weekly sometimes. So, um, that's sort of where we all get together and hang out. Um, I imagine if, if I wasn't having to work so hard, I would, I would be into doing something like that, you know, but I'm just hustling constantly. So it's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, I know Gary Baseman, who's not really in the dark art scene. He had like a breakfast, like a brunch, a brunch. He used to do an artist brunch. Dark art brunch. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really a dark art. It was just, it was like, <laughs> I mean, I went one time. It was cool though. It was, I think Travis Louie was out in town. So it was me and Travis and cool. Lola Gill and maybe Natalia, Fabia, possibly. And I don't remember the other ones, but it was cool. It was like, oh, this is this is good to get together with other artists and complain and just talk about talk shop and stuff. It's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what, what what's your process? Because your stuff is so good. It's so amazing. It really is. It's <laughs> like I I I from from my perspective, it looks like you're setting up um, models. And taking photographs and doing crazy lighting. Yeah. Your, your lighting's amazing. I love it. I love it. It's like you're using colored lights and stuff, right? So yep. fucking cool. Your stuff just looks totally like nobody else's. And <laughs> the other thing, I'm just going to keep heaping on praise here. Because aside from the fact that you are a woman in the dark art scene is very important. Because I'm seeing, uh, you know, the, the dark art scene generally is very white male oriented. And so uh. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> It's it's I think it's really important to, um, you know, to embrace women coming in and people of color coming in. I, I think that's this is this is what the community it's really like what the only thing the community is kind of lacking really is is the diversity, I suppose. Um, so I think that's really, really great. And, but the main you know, the, the main thing why I think your, your work is so important is that it's it's uh, it's so good. You know, because it's like I, I'm. I'm sorry to 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 do to embarrass you, but it's like what this movement. I, I've. What was that? I said this is awesome coming from you. <laughs> no, it's true. I'm just. I'm just being honest. It's. It's. I, I've um, mentioned again. I've mentioned this before. I should stop saying that because a lot of people don't hear every episode. I'm always going. I've said this before on the podcast, but um, I have said this before in the podcast, and. Uh, it's important that um, that the, the artists in this community are like really top level artists because 
we already have so much going against us in a way with the, the kind of mainstream art world. They don't take us seriously just because of the subject matter. So the, the better the painter, the better the painters are, the, the less, the less they can blow us off. So that's, that's why I'm always really pushing for, especially younger artists that are getting in, learn your fundamentals. You have to be, you know, it's kind of like the, 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 the uh, saying about being a woman, you have to do something twice as good to be yeah. considered half as good as a man or whatever in the workplace. It's kind of like that as dark artists in a way. It's like we have to be better than 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 the best traditional painters so that, you know, people won't blow us off. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Anytime before I, I like post something or put it out there, I like I definitely like get get a bunch of second opinions, including Buddy, and I just like nitpick the hell out of it and make sure it's nothing that anyone could say right <laughs> out it like first and yeah it shows <laughs> it shows but it's great i'm i'm, I'm I, I feel like uh um we're lucky to have you in our in the, in the dark art scene it's important because you're like one of the top <laughs> yeah you're one of, you're one of, you're just killing it your stuff is so good it's amazing um so anyway, about your 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 process, can you talk about that? Because I'm I'm curious. I don't use photo reference, but I'm always envious of artists that do. It's mostly out of laziness because it's, it adds another step for to do. You know, you have to get models together and have a space to even shoot. And my friend, yeah. my friend Gabe <laughs> Gabe Leonard does that, and he to you know he's Gabe's amazing. And 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 um, uh, I, I find myself wishing I had reference sometimes. You know, because it's so helpful to have something to refer to. Yeah. Um, painting. But so do you do you like come up with a concept and then do a sketch? This is OK. This is how Gabe does it. He comes up and he's like, you know, the, the other person I know does uh, uses photo reference a lot. He, I think he comes up with an idea and then he does a mm -hmm. thumbnail and then he kind of figures out what he wants. Then he gets the models in and kind of poses them in that position and lights it and then he prints out all his reference and but then I, he doesn't he's not very strict with it he just kind of uses them for reference and then he freehands everything but i'm just curious what your what your process is with that uh well yeah it's kind of similar thing i um i usually just like brainstorm my sketchbook and do a bunch of loose like sketches from my head of like compositionally how i want it to go and like my different ideas that i have and um and then I pick pick a model or pick a couple models. They're they're most of the time they're friends of mine or people that I know and see regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll stage the whole setup. It's usually like a whole day ordeal. Um, uh, I'll torture them for a whole day, pretty much. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I'll set up my lights. I'm not technically an amazing photographer so i'll take my sweet time and uh. <laughs> get, get a good variety of pictures to look at and then usually it takes me like a day or two to like mull over all the pictures and, mm. and narrow them down to which ones are the best ones and then and then i go from there and then i and then i um just do like a loose like a loose like outline on on um, the panel that I'm going to be working on. Like I'll draw it out on there, and then I'll work from darks darks to lights. Um, uh, 
my my like process and like my techniques are kind of different like um i kind of go back and forth with them depending on how much time i have to finish a piece but yeah. um lately i like um because of like the mediums that i use i use like fast drying mediums a lot of the time so mm. work in one section at a time yeah. and try and get that um get that finesse to a point where i i like can leave it alone for a bit and um and then i'll go back to that the next day or like work in another section so then, you, you do it in, <laughs> you do it in sections like all the way to completion almost any in, in little sections of the painting or um i'm i'm trying to do that like uh, i'll either do that or i'll do like a full like like underpainting um and then like work from my, my darks to lights so or work with um or work that way but um mm. yeah like i'm trying to be more i'm trying i'm not like efficient yeah, <laughs> at right. all i wouldn't recommend my process to anybody so it's like <laughs> we're not even talking about it but um, <laughs> um uh yeah I, I work i like to work in sections because my my paint usually it dries quicker so i'm trying to get all my blends down for certain sections at a time interesting um, uh that's weird. Going somewhere with that, but <laughs> no, that's it. That's interesting because <clears throat> I'm I've I've always been like I'm I'm always working on the whole painting at the same time, and I see some of these painters that, especially the ones that go like on white, a lot mm -hmm. of these kind of like a lot of the I've seen the kind of traditional figurative portrait guys that you know the people that are you know I think probably. They're younger than me. They're, they're, you know, like the Sean Cheatham's and uh, what's his, uh, you know, like the, these kind of figurative portrait people. I don't know. I yeah. see. I, I see sometimes how they paint um, on just a white canvas oh. or board, and then they go in and they'll do like this much of the, the like the eye <laughs> and the nose to, to the completion, and then they kind of it's such a trippy way of working. Oh. I, I know what I was going to say. Um, okay. I like working in sections also because it allows me to be more um, organized with my palette. Like mm -hmm. I'll, like I'll be able to use like the certain paints that I know I'm going to need for that section right away. And then um, it keeps like all my mixes like clean and organized so I can use them when I need to. And I don't waste stuff or mm -hmm. scatter brain, like having like, <laughs> crazy palette like i normally do right do you do you pre-mix your colors for a painting like mix a bunch of your own yeah custom? yeah i'll set them out and i'm going from darks to lights and yeah man i would love to see you paint you don't you I never should. do videos or anything um no i should i people like tell me to all the time and <laughs> <laughs> Because I suck, but I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should do time lapses or something. I'd love know. to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I just found this great app. I posted it on my Patreon page um, uh, as a as a pro tip because I do pro tips on my Patreon, and I mm -hmm. found this great time lapse app called Oh Snap. Mm -hmm. For, your, for uh, I have an iPhone, so it's 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 it's, a, it's so you can adjust your you can adjust. You know the 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 iPhone has like a time lapse feature, so you can do time lapses. Mm -hmm. But this this has all these different adjustments to customize. It's really great. So if you do time lapses, get O Snap. I should get sponsorship from them. I'm talking about O Snap so much. 
I wonder if they have it for Android. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. It's great. Oh, they have like a free they have a free version and it goes up to like uh HD but the lower HD and then if if for 4 bucks it goes up to like um 1080p like the higher definition HD and 4K and it shoots 4K as well so you can you know, that's like crazy resolution, but it's really great. I love it. I'm so hooked on this. So I, I switched because I, I was using using a, a digital DSLR mm-hmm. uh, for my time lapses. And I switched to my iPhone because I got a new iPhone. It's got a better, I think, a better camera on it. So anyway, it's cool. It's easy. Just yeah. set it up and just leave it on. Turn it on and leave it. Yeah, people are always hassling me about doing this and um I'm always like, next painting I do would <laughs> be when I do this, and it never happens. I actually did it once with my my old um, digital SLR, just like, and um, I had to like take pictures every like ten minutes uh-huh. throughout this. But like in that time, I I like moved and had to keep like moving my studio around, so it was, yeah, it, it didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a hassle. You gotta yeah, you gotta kind of keep everything stationary. Yeah. Um, so, so do you, what's your average? I mean, I, I hate this question when I'm asked it, but I have to ask you, um, what's your average time to do a finished piece, like average size painting? Are you a slow painter or fast painter? Or? I'm super, super slow. Mm-hmm. Super, working on being more efficient. Um, uh, but usually around like a month, mm-hmm. if it's like, or maybe longer, but usually if I really push it, like a month. Oh, okay. What what size are you comfortable working at? Like, what's your favorite size? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> my sizes uh kind of like fluctuate right now, anywhere between like eight by ten and twenty four by thirty six. But a lot oh. of the time, I'll just be doing like medium size pieces, right. just because like I'm. I'm always like setting myself up with deadlines and um, the last couple of years I've, I've been, I've set it up so that I'm in group shows every month. So there's always a deadline. So I try not to like kill myself doing like huge pieces cause I'm so slow. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, trying to like ease, ease back on, on like every show invite I get right now, just cause it's, it's getting to be like too much. For my right. but um i still have some shows coming up but i'm just not taking on every single one right now and i'm able to kind of play around and do what it, do what i want to do right now i guess and yeah work. yeah so i'm the same I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat that's like i stopped i think for the last couple of years doing as many group shows because it was just like getting completely out of hand yeah you know? yeah and that really fucks you up because then you end up not doing um, your best work because you're rushing things. And then you and then you end up being in a bunch of shows with pieces you're not super stoked about. Yeah, I don't like I don't like that. I, no. I'm, even though, like, I don't know, I'm, I don't know, I'm just I just I just get tired of, like, feeling bad about. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> putting stuff out that was just rushed and a lot of people like deadlines. It works for them because it forces them to finish something. And I, I do too. It's the same thing with me too. But a lot of the time, like being rushed isn't the best. Right. 
<laughs> Especially if you're not like super inspired about the piece. That's that's the problem I'll have sometimes is like I can't I can't I'm not totally excited yet about a piece and I just end up like sitting around kind of like, okay, inspiration, come on. You know, because sometimes you get you can get when you're really into a piece, you can get so much done in such a short time. Like a lot of times it's for me anyway, it's like I'll paint, you know, say I put in a six hour session. It's kind of like the first three or four hours are just kind of like, eh, slow and noodling and not working. And then those la- and then it's like I'm warmed up. And then those last two hours make up for the first three or four hours that I was kind of slacking. Yeah. You know, yeah, just because yeah. cause you're excited about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want. Uh- you um you used to work from like your sculptures right for your paintings uh i i have before but i actually don't do that very often just because of the time like i i i want i wanted to my ultimate thing would be to um just kind of from a like a business standpoint as well as from an an art standpoint uh do a sculpt a little model and then photograph that and use that for reference and then cast and mold and cast the sculpture. And then I have something to sell for that. And then, you know, and then have the painting as well. Then you'd have like sculpture, a study, a painting of this one piece, which would be great. But um, it's frustrating because sculpting is so much easier for me than painting. Cause I did it for so long in the film business, like every you know, 40 hours a week, I was sculpting pretty much for 20 years. So it's just like, easy really it's 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 um it's so much easier than painting in oils um but i don't have the time i don't have the time to do it i mean i originally started when i got into fine art i wanted to be a sculptor and do these basically what i'm doing now but as sculptures and Mm -hmm. and cast them in translucent resin and paint them and have them be kind of like these realistic weird creatures but it just took so long and so much took so much money to do the malls and the casting that there was no way I could make a living at it. So then I, I switched to painting because I could actually do that um, without all that extra expense and time, you know? Yeah. But, you know, working out of your head, you, you don't have shadow reference. It's all, you know, you're kind of. I can't do it. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's kind of, you're kind of winging it. And um, yeah, my dad, my dad, my dad always used photo reference everything he did so i'm no stranger to that world there was always photo reference and tracings and stuff yeah so i i, I think it's great I, um I, I basically wish i had the time to do sculpt all my photo reference but i don't <laughs> that's cool though yeah the the like whole like reference photo process also like i just i don't i don't like it really because really? it's like stresses me out a lot um what about like, it stresses you out it has to be perfect and i've and i've i've just like i've i learned um i've learned that like less photo references at least for me like the better because there's like less like conflicting light sources uh, like that so uh, i try to get, like the perfect shot and just like one picture right. yeah and, <laughs> do you you uh <laughs> what, what was that the part. <laughs> oh, painting is a fun part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's true. All the prep works like, you know, you want to kind of get it out of the way. So you're like, you're like me in that way where it's all about the process, the painting yeah. process. Yeah. 
pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, that's I just love the painting process so much. Like I was just, <laughs> damn it, I, I got to stop. I got to break this habit because I, <laughs> I was just saying this on the last podcast. Um, uh, that the, the 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 finished painting is like you know it's not that important to me really. It's like the painting of the painting was the most important part and the most fun, and so I just want to do that part of it. Yeah. You know, once it's done, I don't want to sit and stare at it and admire myself. It's like, I just want to keep painting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, one thing I wanted to ask too, uh, because I recognize some of the people in your paintings. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'd have to think about it, but I know I've seen some of your paintings before and I was like, oh, I know who that is. Like an acquaintance on Facebook or something. So I was wondering, are you, um, do you like project or trace? Cause the likenesses are so good. Are you, are, are you freehanding it or are you kind of like doing tracings? Cause when I, usually when I do portrait stuff, cause it's so hard to get a likeness, I, I, I like trace it and transfer it and, and at least have the, the basic lines to get the proportions right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I'll do too. I'll mm-hmm. like, I'll have like a really, really like, loose quick like outline of all the shapes and then i'll go into it with a pencil and i'll drill into it for a long time getting all the details just like freehand details just so it gives it like my own right style to it i guess Mm -hmm. i mean it's not just a copy of a picture because i'm not trying to be super photorealistic even though some people say that but um it is is pretty realistic (laughs) I'm trying to I'm trying to get a little looser with it is like yeah that's a a lot of it's, yeah yeah it's hard a lot of it's hard to like break away from like something that you've built up and then try and do something different like I think you were talking in like one of your one of your episodes about how you like you like seeing the underpainting through like the final right. piece I just like it's like little stuff like that, like, but I don't know, <laughs> like uh, Frazetta style, you know, yeah. Frazetta's. That's what I love about Frazetta stuff. As the uh, or one of the things I love about it is just you can see the underpainting, or some areas are just like still sketched and burnt number. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah, I love seeing stuff like that. It's hard to do though. Yeah, I, I always point it out to if a buyer buys a painting, and and there's an area that you. Uh, that you can't really tell. Oh God, what was it? There was one painting I did that I sold to a collector and there was part of the, the arm. There was, there was a guy with a, a glove and a sleeve and there was part of the arm that was showing that was mm-hmm. just my first underpainting. Raw, it was raw umber. It just happened to be the right color for the skin. <laughs> and so I was like, and you can't tell though, unless you look for it. So I was telling the collector, it's like, you know what's cool about this painting? <laughs> this is all underpainting. This is just terps and raw umber right here. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. So I guess only only an art artist nerd would be interested in in that fact. But probably, <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff though. Yeah. So, um, are <clears throat> yeah, your stuff, your stuff is so creepy. I, I wanted to talk to you also about. Uh, I love the eyes too. You always do something fucked up to the eyes that really make them look creepy. Um, Thanks. <laughs> um, 
What, uh, did, when you started, were you kind of doing this? Another thing, it's this is going to be a compliment again, so I'm sorry, I apologize, but um, uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, uh, what I think, well, another reason I was going to say why why your work is so such a great representation uh, of dark art is because you're like a bridge between like uh, how do I put it? A bridge between more weird like super dark but your you know your stuff could still show in like a normal gallery you know you're kind of like you have you've got this dark edge to it but you also you know they're um uh well rendered females generally that you're painting and mm -hmm. um it's like i i, I like the balance you have because it's dark it's definitely dark and you can you know in my opinion you're you're in the dark art camp for sure. I don't know if you consider that or not, but to me, it seems like, you know, you're just, you're a, a great dark artist, but you could, you have enough. It's not so dark that, you know, like my stuff, a lot of my stuff, I don't think would fly in a regular gallery, <laughs> you know? Well, <laughs> What's that? I said it should. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I definitely try to like cater sometimes to like where the painting's going for oh, sure really? oh, okay. yeah like i've been like invited to show in in new galleries but they've also they also like stressed like to keep it a little on the right less dark side because <laughs> like the people that are coming to our gallery generally aren't so much into that and i was just like i was just like what are they talking about and then I was like, <laughs> maybe maybe they're referring to like the well, I did like a I did like a painting of like a girl in a bathtub, but the water's all like brown, and a lot of people like refer to it as like a shit bath. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe there she's referring to that or something, but I don't know. Like, because <laughs> like to me, it's like not it's not that what I do isn't that dark. It's just like instinctual what I do to just paint what I want to paint, but. Yeah, yeah. That, that was actually kind of leading to the next question I was going to ask you is, um, how did you wind up in this painting what you paint? Is this kind of what you've always been drawn to? Have you always been into? I mean, uh, the, the uh, one thing that we talk about on many episodes is this common thread running through the dark art community and the artists. And there is usually uh, or, um, horror movies in their childhood that they enjoyed, you know, kind of into horror, horror culture, um, oftentimes comics, um, uh, sometimes like rough childhoods and some trauma and stuff. Um, so uh, it, do you have a, were you into horror movies? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Always. Okay. <laughs> Even when you were younger. <laughs> yep. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. What are some of your, what were the influential ones for you? Um, there's so many. I hate yeah. like coming up with lists. Cause <laughs> I, but, um, you got to have some top ones though. I mean, I always recite Night of the, the original Night of the Living Dead is my Oh yeah, one. Night of the Living Dead for sure. Like Evil Dead, yeah. I'm Like some newer ones, like Beloved Hereditary. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> I've heard it. Yeah. Um, Terrifier. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you saw, did you see Dry Blood? No, I haven't seen it yet. I know Clint Carney 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I want to see it though. That reminds me, I keep meaning to rent it and watch it. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I saw that. I thought the trailer was great. <clears throat> yeah, it's super talented, and I I was looking forward to watching it for like a year, and then when I put it on, I was like, is that him? He's like the main actor in it. Really? Yeah, I thought he just like directed. It. I was like, it's that's awesome. He's but, such yeah. a he's such a cool guy too. He's super nice yeah. guy. I've heard. I love cool. that guy. He's 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 so sweet. He's very he, he, uh, again again this going along the thread is the the dark art people are generally the coolest nicest people. He's a perfect yeah. example of that. He's really really just a good. You feel the good energy around him. You know. Yeah. Um, cool. uh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because you. Oh, oh. I, I forgot. That's another thing I do on the podcast at least once a time is that once every podcast, I forget what I was going to say. Um, yeah, there was one of the movies you mentioned. Was it Hereditary? Oh, um, no, no. Terri- it, Terrifier? That was, that was good. Wasn't that great? <laughs> that was like way scarier than it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the new one anyway. Yeah, right. I, I That was like, I, I just happened to... Why? I, or I don't know if someone recommended it, or I just happened to watch it, but I was completely blown away. It was so cool, super creepy. Yeah, it's like this is what the new horror movie should be like, you know. And Hereditary was another really good one. Yeah, yeah, Hereditary is one of those movies that's like, I don't know, like every, everyone really liked it. All the horror fanatics really liked it, but it's one of those movies that's like super fucked up and like a whole different a whole different way that people are like, yeah, I, I liked it, but I definitely wouldn't watch it again. Right. And like, <laughs> I had, I was like looking for excuses to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, I really shouldn't do this to myself. It's not good for me, but like, <laughs> it makes me want to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got Even, a, lot, a lot of great visuals in it. I, you know, what movie was like that for me was the road. Did you see the road? It's not a horror movie really, but. It's, it's based off the, the book, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time though. I, I don't remember it that much. Oh man, I don't I don't know if it's because I, I have kids or whatever, but you know, it's he's basically guarding his kid after the apocalypse. But yeah, right. I um, I just thought it was so such a realistic portrayal of an apoc an apocalypse. You know, it wasn't all like we all get to dress up cool like Mad Max and drive cars around. <laughs> it was more like shopping carts. Everyone's yeah. filthy all the time. People are resorting to cannibalism. It was, I thought it was really creepy in that way. It was so realistically portrayed that I, I was. Yeah. yeah, you should check it out again because I I watched I watched it and then I was like, this is so good. And like it had such a an effect on me that I was like, I felt kind of weird, like bad after watching. Like it didn't make me feel good. But then I was like, I bought the Blu-ray. And then I bought it. I bought it on like Amazon too, and mm-hmm. I just kept buying it. But I still haven't watched it. <laughs> it's like been and it's the first since the first when it first came out. I just because it's like so disturbing and realistic that I'm like, God, oh, I want to feel bad again like that. But it's so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should watch that again as well. Okay, so you're into horror cultures since you were a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Like my, uh, I'm just like remembering this now. Like my my eighth birthday party. Like we, were, I had a bunch of like friends over for the night, so we went to go to Blockbuster to rent a movie. And I was just like asking the guy, like, 
what's a good scary movie for me and my friends to watch for my birthday party tonight? And he like gave me like Scream, like this awesome movie. Scream just came out. You should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. Yeah, it's not quite. That's not really an eight-year-old <laughs> party film. But I loved it though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is bad that I'm watching this. <laughs> That's cool. So you must have had um, cool parents to allow you to do this. Let me watch all like the gory, like horrific movies I wanted. I just like there couldn't be any like sex in it or right. anything like gory, like chop your head off, like whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, like. <laughs> right, right. Did did you? Uh, um, I mean, when you were drawing when you were younger, were you doing dark stuff when you were a kid? I don't know. I think it just, I think it just kind of like gradually like built up to it more and more, but mm. not always, but I, but I definitely like always like enjoyed doing like drawing like females a lot. I don't know why, but mm. I've always been drawn to like doing like stuff like that. So yeah, just took like a weird turn. At <laughs> <laughs> one point, and my interest changed. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, can you, do you know like what point or was it just a very slow, gradual thing? I think it was just like a slow, gradual thing. And, um, and it wasn't and like college was when I started like getting into more and more dark art, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I didn't even know it was called that at the time. Just, I didn't know until like I saw it, like saw it like labeled that way. Mm -hmm. Like I saw like all these artists categorized that way. So like, okay, I guess I, I guess I like dark art then. Right. Like, <laughs> well, that I'm, that I'm influenced by. So. Yeah. What are, what are your <clears throat> influential artists lists? There's a lot of those too. I know. I know. That's a hard one to answer. I hate getting that question too, but you know, inquiring minds want to know. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely like, obviously like, Booth, Michael Hosser, um, David Stupakis, Laurie Lipton, um, mm. I also like Miles Johnson a lot, Christian Rex Van Minen, um, all oh, yeah. those good. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like Johnny Seville in college too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, that's a good list though. Yeah. And you too. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure, I definitely like stumbled on stumbled on your work at some point when I was in school, also, and I was definitely definitely struck a chord. Oh, for, cool! For, uh, definitely influenced by you too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what's your? Uh, how do you feel about the whole dark art thing? Because uh, I, I know some. I knew Stupakis wasn't into it. I don't think he's still into it. Like as far as like the label, we had. I, I went on this podcast. Well, what was that? I don't like labels either. Yeah. But I guess you have to, right? That's to a, it's someone. So, so it's so people can talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's kind of for <clears throat> it's it just I think it helps the 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 lay person understand what you're talking about a little ease more easily. Yeah. You know, that's why I kind of <clears throat> Excuse me, I kind of embraced it when I, I didn't really start thinking about the term seriously. Like I kept coming up with all these, like, I think every art or not, not every artist, but a lot of artists do this where they think, 
my artwork is blah, blah, blah. And they come up with their own term for what it, you know, like they're starting a new movement kind of. I was, oh, fuck that. <laughs> I, I was doing that. I was thinking of oh, uh, post-apocalypse, uh, post was one. I mean, it was like tongue in cheek too. It was kind oh, of. That definitely applies though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but <clears throat> uh, it was during the, when, when we were filming the documentary about me, you know, Mike Carell was filming the docu documentary about me. Every, we noticed that everyone we interviewed was, was calling it dark art. And that got me thinking that this is what people are already calling it all the time. So why not just accept it and forget about it? You know, it yeah. it's not important. Ultimately, it's like artists are making art. It's really not, yeah. But but it, but it's it's important in the way it's important that artists know how to market and sell their work. It's important yeah. in that way, you know. And that's, yeah. that's important because you have to make a living. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I didn't even know like people like considered mine like dark art until people started telling me that. So I was like, Oh, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I never, when I started, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to oh. be it. What was that? It's just like, just like labels, like make me feel awkward. But um, yeah. So yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Because when I started, I wasn't like, <clears throat> I wasn't thinking, I knew what I liked and I, I knew what I liked to paint, but I wasn't thinking I'm going to be a dark artist now. Yeah, it wasn't it, like you actively tried to be that. It's just something that you right. It was do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like uh, I was thinking that I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted it to be real. That was the, very important to me that it was like um, real and pure from the heart and, and not, you know, bullshit. Um, <clears throat> and so that was, that was what I wanted to paint the most was what I'm doing now is like these kind of monsters, monster portraits. Yeah. And so I just went with that because I figure, you know, I can't, it'll, it'll work out if I do what I love that will, that will make for the best painting. If I, you know, I could probably do pretty good like dogs and stuff because I do love animals, but I've seen your dog portrait. <laughs> but that's not where my heart's at. So I don't think I could. I don't think I could paint dogs for you know twenty years over a career. And uh, you know, it's more like I just naturally just I think in the way you you do. I, that's just what I naturally painted. And then once I realized that's what everyone calls it, hey, we have a name for the movement. You know, and I think it, I think it helps, you know, one thing it helps too, I think is <clears throat> younger people that are living like in the middle of nowhere that, that don't feel any sense of community and they're, and they're, they're into the, what we're doing. They're doing stuff like that themselves and mm -hmm. they don't feel like they have anywhere to fit. They don't have anywhere to go to, to feel like part of something. So, yeah. So it's good in that way too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, well, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, um, we all know it's l labels are lame in general, <laughs> but it's like, it, it, there's way more, I think, benefits to, to, uh, using the term than, than, um, you know, uh, negative aspects of it. Yeah. Especially with like social media and trying to get the right, the right crowd to find you. It's a good way of doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's too. true. Yeah. Yeah. It's important for social media as well. Um, so, <clears throat> oh man, I'm sorry. I got my <laughs> frog in my throat. Um, you're a full-time artist. Are you, uh, how, how do you, are you making 
if, if it's too personal, you don't have to answer, but I, I like to talk about how people are earning a living on here just to help other artists that are starting out. Are you, do you make uh, most of your living from commissions or do you do like prints or sales from a website? How, how are, how is it working for you? Yeah, I, I, um, I do, I, uh, make most of my money from selling paintings and doing commissions. Um, uh, original, you're, it's, you're making most of your money from originals? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but it's not a lot. It's, it's very like sporadic. I, I like barely get by all the time. Like usually when my bank account's about to run out, like I get lucky and like <laughs> yeah. something bigger, small will sell. So, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, Prints, I, I, I could definitely like be more comfortable if I had more variety of prints, but I just I can't like afford to get them made all the time. But um, really, but yeah, eventually, like when I'm, eventually I'll I'll get more made up. But um, yeah, yeah it might be worth right now, buy all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, uh, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, especially making money just from originals is really rough because I, I was doing that for a long time. And Gabe Leonard, again, was like telling me, I don't make, he's like, at the time he was saying he made most of his money from prints. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I keep all my originals. Like he was keeping his originals, making all his money from his prints. And then, I mean, which is great. What, what was that? Why would you keep them? Just because I don't know if he was intentionally doing it or what. I, I think, uh, I think he, you know, the the longer you hang on to it, the more value as your career grows. Yeah. The paintings will gain in value. Um, so, so he was making money from like canvas G clays, um, and prints. And now, now he's doing, he's got kind of a different business model. He's showing in, uh, art galleries and stuff. He's got a totally different way of doing things, but, um, than I do, but, um, he got me, or oh, it's him. Him and Cam DeLeon as well. He was really into prints because he was doing digital artwork. So he had to do prints. But um, uh, once I started doing prints, it's been, it's, I make more, more money from, I make more money from merchandising the artwork than I do from the original artwork generally. Yeah, that seems to be a really smart way to go about it. Where do you, where do you get your prints made up? Uh, I, I've, I got that printer right there. Oh, you make them at home? Yeah, that goes I, anything up to um, my 11 by 14 canvas prints. I do all myself because it, it takes canvas as well. And it prints up to 17 by 22 on the paper, on the, the fine, velvet fine art paper. So most of my prints I do on there. And I, and I have some larger canvas prints. I, I go to a place called uh, Artworks in Los Angeles. They're... Uh, I think one of the older, they do. They used to do Robert Williams prints and maybe Mark Ryden and stuff. Um, that from that era, and uh, so anything over seventeen by twenty-two, like my larger twenty-four by thirty canvas prints, I just have them do it, and it's you know it's not that much money. It's you know, I basically do it like um, they're not all made up ahead of time. I kind of print to order. So I'll get an order on the website. Everything's already like been proofed and prepped at the print place. And then I'll just call the order in and it takes like a week. And that's um, cool. yeah. yeah, I definitely want to like do that at some point. Um, Your stuff will kill with prints. I know. I, I know. I need to, 
I know I gotta um, get more made up for sure. Um, right now, I, I actually get all my prints made up at Arch Enemy Arts in Philly, so I kind of have to get them in bulk, like oh. bits at a time, so I don't have to go back and forth. For oh, okay, right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, that's what I do. But I, I like the having a printer and making them to order for sure. Yeah, because this, I mean. I got this thing. It's the Epson P5000. My my printer. I bought my first printer from Gabe Leonard. It finally died after ten years or something. So I I uh, had to just I had to put it on a credit card because I didn't have any money. But um, it was only. Let's see. I got it on sale. They were having a sale, and it was twelve hundred bucks after. Really? Yeah, which isn't bad. Really. I would have thought that like the like big printers like that would be more, but um definitely definitely make your money back. Yeah, right. Sure. When you're making enough money, it just kind of makes sense. So um, yeah, it, uh, I'm still at it like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still figuring stuff out. So like, well, you yeah. should you should check out the um the we do we've back when Mike was co-hosting the podcast with me. We did episodes on doing prints and marketing and stuff. If you look, if you go back to the early ones, there's a bunch on, you know, how to get started with doing prints and stuff that you might find useful. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. It's handy having your own printer. It's great. And it's, it's the thing that's a killer is the ink. Cause it's like costs like 500 bucks to fill it with ink. How often do you have to fill it? That's the thing is not very often. It's cause this is a, uh, the P 5,000 is a, it's a, professional level it's their smallest pro level printer so it's not like the uh consumer level printers like the, the consumer ones just use inks they barely have any ink in the cartridges and they use them so fast this this one you know i'll go for depending on what how much i'm printing i'll go for months without having to change a color so it's really you know you're, you're paying more up front but it's totally worth it yeah you know so i don't know because mo most people you think about <clears throat> Think about yourself <clears throat> and myself. It's like, I don't, I can't afford to buy. I, I joke saying I can't afford to buy my own paintings, which is true, but you know, I can afford to buy a print once in a while. And that's what most people are in that same boat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People that want to support you like somehow like. Yep. And, they, <clears throat> and if they, a lot of times I find that people, you know, serious hardcore collectors will be like, I only collect originals, which I get, um, especially after you buy your first original. It's kind of hard to go back to prints. But mm -hmm. um, uh, 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 most people, I'm sorry, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> See here, I lost my thought again. Um, I, I found that people, especially newer collectors, people getting into collecting prints will... Um, kind of fall in love with an image and they don't really care if it's original or not. They just want to see the image up on their wall. Yeah. You know, totally. and it, even like I got $20 little prints and I sell a bunch of those and it, and it's, it's great to be able to hit that wide range, you know, although you can sell originals, but then you got $20 prints for someone who doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah. So get into prints. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I know time after talking about this, I'm definitely going to have to, restock my etsy for sure <laughs> yeah you've done the hard part you've, you've done the hard the hard part is finding a, your own voice learning how to paint 
you know, coming up with cool subject matter. You know, all I need is prints. It's so simple. Yeah. Get uh, it together. <laughs> you, you know, you know, Brian Smith, you know, um, his art. Familiar. Sounds familiar. Yeah. He's great. He's a friend of mine, but he's, he's really cool. Uh, dark artist, kind of Bekshinsky ish looking a little oh, bit. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing, but he's great. He, um, he just started doing prints. He, he was doing the same thing as, as, as you were just making, he was making all of his money from originals, I think, and just cranking out tons of work. But he finally got to a point where he felt like he wanted to do prints. And I think they're doing pretty well for him. Like he took the plunge and went for it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Enough giving you a hard time I about prints. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like what well, like Gabe was telling me because I was I wasn't doing prints and he was like you're just sitting on a gold mine you've got all these images that you could be making money from you know feel so foolish <laughs> no no every you know everybody everybody every, everybody goes through it everybody everybody I know has at one point not taken advantage of the print thing and then. Did it and then realized, oh my god, why wasn't I doing this for? That's what I did. I was once I started selling prints, I was like, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like ideally, I'd like to have prints of everything, but you get everything photographed professionally when it's done. Yeah, like if I if it's too big and like I can't do it, then I'll have um, Arch Enemy will do it too. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're really helpful with like all that stuff. So. Yeah, that's that's the that's key to get like high res pictures of everything. I wish all galleries did that. What's that? I wish all galleries did that. Like, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. That'd be so helpful. <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like I'm always scrambling last minute to do all these things before I send things off somewhere. Right. Copro kind of does like. They don't do it themselves, but they have relationships with, you know, a photographer and a printer. So if you, you know, if you needed them to do it, they could do it. So some galleries, most, I think a lot of galleries operate in that way, but it's pretty cool if they have their own, do they, yeah. they photograph it and print themselves, Arch Enemy? Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Huh. Where are they? Sorry, what? Where are they at? Uh, Old City in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's cool. I'm sure, sure they'd love to show you sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I keep hearing the name. I hear yeah. about them a lot. They're one of the... Uh, they're, are they kind of newer? Like a newer gallery? Uh, yeah. This will be their eighth year. Oh, I okay. Think, year that they're open. That's cool that they're doing it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and making it work. Yeah. I thought yeah. they, right, they... Sorry, I'm opening a window. It's getting really dark. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I know. I saw it. I, saw, I noticed it was getting dark. Um, <laughs> are they co connected to the tattoo community somehow? I was thinking that they were somehow connected to that world. Um, Maybe they show tattoo <laughs> artists sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, like um, yeah, they show they show a good deal tattoo artists. I think. Okay, I, I I always I thought maybe they had like a tattoo studio or something in there, but no, it's not now. Well, <laughs> so do you have any like events coming up or shows or what? Well, what's going on in your world right now? Um, 
Yeah, uh, well, yes, I got a um, show at Antler Gallery at the end of next month um, that Casey Weldon curated. So oh, I'm going to cool. for that. And after that, um, just after that, um, I don't think I need to like get a calendar. Um, after that, <laughs> I have a show coming up in September at the Dark Art Emporium. Um, oh, cool. Me, uh, Jelanyan, Magpie, Magpie Rogers, and November, I'll be in like a small featured show at Orange Enemy too. But that's all I have at the moment. So just those three things at the moment. That's cool. Have you showed at um, Dark Art Emporium before? Uh, yeah, one time. But this this one, I'm going to... It's actually my, my first time coming out there. I, I haven't been to the West Coast yet, but... I'll probably be coming out for that. Um, oh, so, cool. so I'll have like a whole wall to myself. So. Oh, excellent. When, when is that? When's the show? Or you don't uh, know? Cause of the calendar. Yeah, <laughs> Roughly. September beginning. Okay. Um, Jeremy cross put it together. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy's cool. Be fun. What yeah. about you? You got, you're working on the conjoined show, right? I just ended. It ended Saturday join show oh okay yeah you, you haven't been in a conjoined show yet no oh you, yeah you gotta definitely put a piece in next year because next year is the uh 10 year anniversary it's gonna be like the big one yeah that'd be awesome so this is your this is your official invite cool <laughs> if you want to put a piece in <laughs> yeah, wait, I'll- you have a whole you have just about a year to, <laughs> to, to come up with a piece <laughs> plenty of time for me yeah <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Works with how quickly I work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and let me know too about the uh, the, or I'll, I'll I'll put that on my calendar because I'd love to come and uh, support at the gallery, and I like to support yeah. that, support that gallery too because Jer- Jeremy Cross and Jeremy Shot are really cool, and yeah, the, the gallery is nice. He's got it like done up really cool inside. Yeah, the pictures look look awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I was like, I went down there f- for the first time. I was like, wow, this is like kind of how you do it it's kind of like this yeah. ne- next generation of dark art galleries it's really cool yeah excellent decor so that's cool yeah i'm just i'm just finishing i'm mainly finishing this dystopia book that i'm three years late on that i kick-started <laughs> and uh almost done though so close and uh and then i have a show at bain art gallery in australia you know that you know john bain art yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another gallery I've always wanted to show at too. Oh, you cool. haven't shown with him? I bet you would totally have <laughs> you show there. He's right, you're right up his alley. Yeah, I, I love I love all their stuff. Oh yeah, have you hit him up before? Uh no. Oh, you should totally hit him up. Oh, I should. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, he, he, I know what he likes. He he would. I bet you he's into your stuff. I bet you anything. And he's a cool so, guy. Yeah. Um, you cool. um, say so you have a you have a solo show coming up there, or yeah, I'm doing like a small solo show. I'm not going to go out to it. Um, okay. And then, and then in October, I was trying to take the year off from shows this year because it's like it's, same boat. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like in a lot of ways the shows keep me from making money because you know you have to stop for months and work on the show and the, yeah. You and know, some you'll work on a show for months and, and not sell anything. 
and like cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know the way the way I've been working. It's not the best way to work, but it's the way I've had to work is kind of like when I get to a point where I need money, I start making little studies because they're quick mm-hmm. and they're kind of fun to do and they're affordable for, for people. So they sell easily. I love your site. Oh, hey, look. <laughs> I got another one. Okay. I got to get ready. <laughs> okay. Don't move. Don't move. I'm going to do a screen, screen grab. Hold on. Hold on. The light reflecting on it. Yeah. Tilt it, tilt it down a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> Well, thank you for supporting. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but it's 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 difficult for me to do shows all the time because, you know, if I don't have any shows, I can kind of, you know, have sales in my web store and do studies, and then I can bring in the money that I need, pretty much. Yeah. But every time I have to stop and paint for a show, it completely fucks everything up. Like, every time this happens, and you're not supposed to, you know really sell stuff before a show but you know because you're kind of like starving the market a little bit to create you know people wanting your work more but it's like i can't stop making money every month i just i don't have yeah. i don't have any money to savings or anything it's like i gotta keep hustling so i tried to take the time off but i keep getting sucked back in <laughs> Like, I, like, it feels good to, like, turn stuff down and, like, have a minute to breathe, but I always feel so guilty. Oh, doing me too. too. I know. <laughs> I tried to back out on the Bain, Bain Art show, like, and he totally, <laughs> he totally yeah. made, made me feel guilty, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah. You know, but he published my book, so I feel like I got to give him at least one show, and that book came out so good. Yeah. Um, And he's a great guy, and his wife's Karen's great they're great they're great people so i i i just need to kind of grin and bear it and and, and, you know i'm also trying to do like have it make sense you know like i could think like okay i'll do it's i'll do smaller pieces i'll maybe use a cast frame that i have sculpted already and maybe paint it differently i (laughs) i am so envious of your your frames and your cast frames (laughs) oh thanks (laughs) yeah they're yeah they're uh like I said, that's the easy part because of the sculpting. It's like, you know, the oil paintings are the hard part, but that's all this, this, the way the frames are made. That's all the shit I was doing in effects as my job for forever. It's like, so I, I don't, it's like, I, I farm it out now. The, the, the molding and casting to this guy, Lee Shamel is amazing. If you ever need any, any casting, all you need to do is learn how to sculpt. You could, you could have your own frames made. Lee's like, his prices are good and it's really great. Yeah, it's definitely something I've always been interested in, but never really. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you could sculpt. I bet you could sculpt. Have you ever tried it? You've never tried sculpture? In our in art school, but haven't since then, though. How, how was it then? Did you have like a natural feel for it, or was it hard? Um, wasn't too. Uh, yeah, I guess it, I guess kind of a natural feel for it, but it just I don't know. I just didn't really like take it anywhere. Yeah. Um, um I did more. I, I took like a ceramics class and made more pots than anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, the actual like sculpting, I would definitely love to try again at some point. It's so much fun. I like the idea of like sculpting and 
painting on one too. I actually right. um, interned for a sculptor when I was in school too. Oh, really? Yeah, she was. Um, her name's Carol Fewerman. She she does these hyper hyper realist sculptures, and um, a lot of them are just like of swimmers. But she would like airbrush paint on top of them, so I would like help her with like gluing on eyelashes and mixing paints. Oh wow! Kind of like Dwayne Hansen, sort of. Do you know Dwayne Hansen, that guy who did the? Well, it was like in the seventies. He was like the first guy to do these hyper real, you know, life size. Um, just like people sitting on a park bench or like a homeless guy sitting there. Like they looked so real in the, that people would think they were just in the gallery sitting there in the seventies. <laughs> this guy was doing it. I'll check him out. Too. Yeah. yeah. What was her name? Carol Fewerman. Fewerman. Yeah. It's F F E U E R M A N. Okay. I'm going to look her up. Never heard of her. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Hey, you should try it. You should try it. Be yeah. Curious to see. Do you, Do you have um? Uh, I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't. I don't want to keep you too long. I don't want you to. Oh, you're nice. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm enjoying our talk. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. Good. I, this is the first time we met, so I'm. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know you that well, so I don't want to. Yeah. No, that's okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> do you have like, because personally, I know I I have I want to I want to paint really big. That's like kind of the I feel like is the next step for me that I haven't done yet. Like a really mm-hmm. big painting. Do you have like a a thing that you really want to do that you haven't been able to get to yet? Um, I'd like to do more big paintings too, with like multiple multiple. multiple. Figures. Um. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I have so many ideas in my head that I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a backlog. You have a backlog of ideas. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll pro- I'm thinking I'll probably like I'll probably do something bigger for the Dark Art Emporium or something. Okay. Some, but, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> you don't really go bigger. You haven't gone bigger than what twenty four by thirty six or. Uh, that's like, yeah, it's like the biggest I've, I've done since, since I got out of school. Uh-huh. Um, most of that, um, I have to blame for like moving so much and living in like small apartments, but now I have a space, so I have no excuse. So I should. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to sell. It's harder to sell them. Too. It is. It's, it's hard to sell. And like, I already am like really slow. So, but now that I'm, now that I've cut back, I, I can start yeah. Projects, so yeah. yeah it seems like it'd be so fun to have just like a year and a huge surface to paint and a great idea that would just be i would love that and not have to do anything else that's kind of my dream yeah yeah i can definitely see why i can definitely see why like so many artists just just like save save their schedules for like solo shows and that's it so they can really just put their all into one show and right worry about anything else yeah i think the biggest i've ever gone is 36 by 48 and that's pretty big yeah like three by three by four feet that's like a nice size a lot of artists like like christopher ulrich is like that's his small size you know do you know christopher's stuff sounds familiar oh yeah it's you 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 would love it i'm sure you've seen it he's great he's he's really amazing 
but man, all of his work was everything is huge. And, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, I'm like, you gotta do small pieces. Those things. Are, he started doing smaller pieces recently and they're amazing too. So it's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm saving this thing up inside of me for a giant piece, you know, cause it's almost like, not that small pieces aren't cool, but it almost seems like it would be a waste to put it on a tiny canvas. Yeah. If it's, yeah like hanging up bigger things in there on their walls. Right. Yeah. I, it, I kind of, I kind of think that maybe it's like, okay, larger paintings are harder to sell, but if you did an epic, huge painting, like wall size painting mm -hmm. that, that you might be able to reach like a, a hot, like a, a higher or more, uh, wealthy level of collect collector and it might not be so hard to sell once you get to a certain level you know what i'm saying yeah so yeah. Oh. what are your um what are your what are your ideas for a <laughs> uh, bigger piece uh, <clears throat> i've got this i've got a six by eight foot frame that my framer's holding for me that's like super thick and all allowed you know elaborate crazy mm -hmm. ornament or, or ornaments on it and and uh it's black it's super gothic looking it's amazing and so he's saving this frame for me and i'm dying to make a six by eight foot painting <laughs> like my masterpiece and it's just like finding the time to do it is you know i don't know how long that would take me i'm pretty fast but that would take a long time i imagine yeah. how long does it normally take you to finish something uh, it's, it, you know, it kind of depends. It's like, I think I average maybe around two weeks for some of the more finished pieces, but <clears throat> you know, the kind of the ones I sell most are like 11 by 14 portrait mm -hmm. monster heads with not a ton going on in the background. And I could do those and, you know, if I work hard at it, I could do them in a few days. Maybe I usually like let my layers dry in between. You know, yeah. I don't do a ton of Vala Prima. Um, unless I'm doing the studies, I kind of do do those. I try and do those Vala Prima just as practice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I love those. Um, yeah, I, know, I, I, I always like think I'm like really slow, but um, yeah, like doing like little paintings. I definitely could get away with getting like finishing and paintings in a day. I just like I just. I have like a bad habit of overworking things all oh, the time. Yeah, me too. I'm always fighting that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the hardest, the, the, the one of the most difficult um, things I find is knowing when to stop, especially yeah. if you don't have a deadline. You know, if you have a deadline, it's not so much of an issue because you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> very last, very last second or I'll, I'll miss a deadline and I'll just keep going <laughs> right. until, until I reach the point where like, they're like, someone's ripping it away from me <laughs> right right like, oh. <laughs> I, I do have a fantasy though about have of uh, an, an endless painting like a yeah. painting that will never be finished even if it even if you screw it up you just commit to a painting that you always have laying around the studio and then mm -hmm. you know whenever you want you work on it and you do it over like years and years and years just to see what it would turn out like it might be terrible oh, but yeah <laughs> it's i'm sure you Pieces? Do you have any? Do you have a lot of pieces lying around that you like? You that you let sit aside for oh, a yeah. year? Thinking to come. 
Tons. Yeah. Do you? Um, a couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. mostly you mostly do a decide to do a painting and you paint it. It's like yeah, yeah. Usually, um, everything else just gets thrown in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> do you um? How often do you like? Are, do you always have like like reach a point in your painting process where you like where you're like pulling your hair out and like like you like hate everything about what's uh, going? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like every time, like I love like the beginning and like the beginning of the middle, and then like three quarters of the way through, right. like going crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I like uh, I like the beginning and the kind of the block in stages. And I like, I do like the finishing stage when I know what I need to do to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I know what it needs, then it's like, oh, I can't wait to, to do this. And then, yeah. you know, my problem, yeah. what was that? It's like your final, like mark makings, like. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's just that uh, I have a tendency to overpaint. And so I can um, end up going tighter. I kind of like I'm so into the painting process that I'll keep going with it for my own pleasure, even though it, the painting doesn't really, it's not serving the painting. It's more like serving me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely like, like, need to step back more. I think. I think that would definitely help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, painting, you know, doing loose studies and stuff is helpful with that do you do studies um i have i haven't in a while but um wow you do to... those paintings without doing studies <laughs> wow <laughs> that's impressive or it's just like for example of me not being efficient i don't know <laughs> i've definitely done studies before but um <clears throat> but i should do them more probably that's... probably out a lot <laughs> yeah that's what once i once i got hooked on them i never went back like i used to never do studies and then um it was causing me problems because i would i didn't have everything quite figured out enough yeah i get all your you know, your your color schemes and your values right <laughs> exactly that's what that's the, uh the main thing is is <clears throat> yeah figuring out the color and colors and the values but i use it as an opportunity to figure out which colors I'm going to use and kind of mix them there. And then I'll know for the big one, um, especially working out of my head, I guess mm -hmm. uh, studies are more crucial for me since I'm not, I don't have reference, you know, that's, that's crazy. so crazy that you don't have reference. It's so, it's very impressive. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> it's, I mean, I can't I'll, like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll use reference when, um, if I, if I need it, if, you know, like hands in weird positions or, or like, um, uh, uh, force perspective or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. but general, generally I can, I can wing it. I think because I was sculpting for so long, mm -hmm. you know, cause I was paying attention to planes and three dimensional space and how light hits things, mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of gets drilled in your head. That's why I think, uh, you might enjoy sculpture. Every I, I think every painter should should try sculpting out at some point because it really uh, it's it's really beneficial in the for the painting process just to be staring at it's kind of like working from a model I suppose but when you're creating it as well 
You know, you, yeah. you get a real feel for um, weight and and form and everything. It's and and it's so cool because it's really uh, takes out the the um, the illusion aspect of painting where we're always trying to make things real and rounded, even though it's a flat surface. But with sculpture, it's it's what you see is what you get. It's all right there in front of you. Yeah. There's no like tricks of of any kind with sculpture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Who are your um who are your favorite sculptors? Um that's a good question. Nobody asked me that. That's a good question. It's a, a lot of it's a lot of people in the business I was in, like this that you probably haven't heard of, like this uh guy Mitch Devane, who I worked with at Rick Baker's. He's really amazing sculptor, so good. Uh, there's a lot of uh, incredible sculptors in the effects business, which is why I started doing the conjoined show because it was first a sculpture show. And so I, you know, once I got into the fine art world, I saw all these, I mean, really talented sculptors, like amazing, amazing um, sculptors, but they were just doing stuff for movies. And so mm -hmm. I was like, wanted to create a show where these guys could show what they can do. And um, <clears throat> so it's, it's a lot of like, monster sculptors <laughs> that I grew, you know, Rob Bottin and all these guys from the old school eighties horror films and stuff. But, um, you know, Kazu, you know, Kazu, he does the giant heads like the Andy Warhol head and the Dolly. Yeah. Head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lincoln. He, I used mm -hmm. to work with him at, and at effects also. Oh, awesome. Yeah. He did that. Uh, the last thing he did, this is what a badass he is. He left the business for the same reasons I did, just because of all the bullshit and mm -hmm. to do his own fine art. And um, he got called in for the that Winston Churchill movie that Gary Oldman did. You know, the one with the old age makeup? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of it. But um, Darkest Hour, I think it's called. So Gary Oldman said he would only do that if Kazu did his makeup. And so he pulled Kazu out of retirement. <laughs> that's what a badass kazu is that's and, cool yeah so <laughs> it's like that is so cool to just be able to be, tell hollywood fuck you i'm doing my own thing and then they have to come back and beg you to come back in <laughs> how cool is that and I'm, and I'm sure he was able to name his price too which is I've, i i just when he told me about that i just thought that was the coolest fucking thing i'd ever heard oh gary oldman won't do it unless i come in and do his makeup <laughs> so he's he's a i think he's amazing i love his work he's a big influence as well you know yeah if you've never cool. seen his stuff in person you gotta see it if you if you if you're in conjoined next year and you come out for the show if you're able to come out for the show he always does a new piece for the conjoined show it's really a uh almost like a psychedelic experience seeing his stuff in person because it looks so real, but it's giant. You yeah. Know? It's so weird. It's a really weird experience. First time you see it, it's like, whoa. It's like <laughs> every, right. every little whisker is, is in there and eyelashes and eyebrows. It's just crazy. The eye, he makes his own eyeballs and the eyes are just absolutely perfect. They're just like giant, super realistic eyeballs. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm going to wrap this up because, you know, my back is 
fucking killing me, which I know the audience doesn't know, but you could see that I've been like squirming in my seat the whole time and rubbing my arm and my shoulder (laughs) and windmilling my arm around the whole time. But I have a, I have a chiropractic, my second chiropractic appointment tomorrow. So I should be doing better (laughs) after that. (laughs) Hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, it's just relentless. Um, Like a disc thing or something. It's it's definitely a pinched nerve. I know that much because it's like uh, shitty. I'm too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's no relief. I can't get yeah. in any, any position to where it doesn't hurt. It's really, except laying down. It's just, and even then, it's like everything. When you're back, it's like everything sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, 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 it's a bitch. Uh, oh, I did want to ask one more thing. I mm-hmm. want to ask you one more thing. Um, now, um, do you, have you seen, I know there's, sexism everywhere but as as um a woman in this dark art scene do you experience that at all um it doesn't seem like it to me but i'm not experiencing it from your perspective you know it seems pretty not, pretty open and well, i'm sorry yep yeah, uh not firsthand but like i don't know so I, I would say like no but i don't know i always think i don't know i don't know what people talk about or or yeah right. i don't know yeah you but you're not feeling it directly. not anything directly yeah that's good because i i mean i feel I've, like i was saying the you know there's it's it's very a white and white male um community but I, I feel like it's changing a lot i think there's a lot more it's it's really cool to see more women doing it um yeah, I definitely wonder. I've definitely like wondered like if like I'd be more successful if I was a dude, which is like stupid. But I'm like something that I've like thought about. But I don't know. I don't know how that makes a difference. But it seems well, like yeah, I see, I see a pattern. I don't. I don't know. Though. Right. Well, the thing is, it's like you know, it's been that way in every aspect of life for right. a, long, a long time. So. um I can see, I, I just wonder, you know, I just wonder, I just had to ask. Um, I'm curious if it, 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 it seems like not, but like from what I've seen, cause I'm, um, I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I try and be really sensitive to that mm-hmm. aspect. And, uh, um, but you know, you can't really, unless you've experienced it, unless you're a woman, you wouldn't know. I'm not a woman, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, luckily, I I, I mean, luckily, I haven't really noticed anything, but I've, I've definitely, like, heard a lot of people say, like, like, oh, you should post more, like, like, selfies or something. That helps you, like, get followers. And I'm like, I don't, like, care, though. Like, right. I don't want to, like, that's, like, the one thing that I, that, like, I think of, and I don't know if it correlates, like, at all, but it's, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm not gonna. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Then I'll post whatever I want. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You don't oh. want to feel like you have to do that. You know. Yeah. I see people like. I don't know. I'm also just like not good at. I'm not really good at social media either. So like, I don't know. I don't do all the things that I should be doing. But. Right. Whatever. It's hard. Social media gets harder all the time because they keep changing the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, 
I, I um, I'm just ha- I'm happy to see this 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 movement growing, and I I just think you know you're you're yeah. you're important. You're an important part of it. Your work is like I said, you're top notch. I think it's. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. I hope you keep doing it. I, I really do. Cause you're, you're, you know, you'll, <laughs> good, good. You'll be, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I, I see, um, I see certain artists and I'm like, you know, the, if they don't make it really big, it's going to be because they didn't, they're fucking something up. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. our, our, art artistically, I, I mean, I think your stuff is, is like, you know, you have potential to, to, to be huge, to be really huge, I think, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I could do different. I don't really know what I could do differently besides like, I don't know, being more engaging um, right. online. Um, That's, you know. Probably like ever not busting my ass, like working. But. I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard. I, I, there needs to be some, some smart person that's good at management should step in and start managing a bunch of artists. Cause seriously, if, if they were a good person and worth their percentage, it would be yeah. really valuable because if this is just a common thing with every artist. I know it's, it's, it's rare when, when, um, when an artist is really good at business, you know, and I've, I was terrible when I started and I started Gabe again, Gabe Leonard, he keeps coming up, but um, he really is very business minded and really good about that stuff. And he really clued me in on, on uh, the business. business. I was gonna say, you seem like you figured it out, but yeah, oh, I was, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, even now I'm, I'm, I'm at a point where I feel like I'm sort of stagnant and I need to make a change. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, but it's, it's more like um, details. I need, I need to, take different approaches on and doing things and clean up my cleaning up my Instagram feed and like curating it better and stuff like that. But just thinking about uh, your artwork in terms of business, Gabe really turned me onto that and got me thinking about it. And it's definitely, it's a skill I didn't have at all. And then, and then I learned out of necessity, Yeah, you know? So I think that everyone can do it if they take the time to learn it. But um, I know. (laughs) What's that? I need like a good mentor then or something. Right. Well, that's, you know, part of what we're trying to do with the podcast is, 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 is tailor this to dark artists, all the information though, that, that we're sharing as far as marketing and doing prints, it's, it's applies, it applies to any artist really, but we're just Mm kind of looking after our own in a way, trying to help, help out, uh, other dark artists and stuff, but, oh, where'd you go? Hang on, I'm turning on a light. Okay, like, I know it's pro- progressively getting darker and darker. Really dark. Hold on. <laughs> she's walking. So she's walking around. Okay, she's turning lights on. Now it looks. Right. Now it looks like the beginning of the the interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's is that a is that a Christian Van Minen behind you? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. a Dan Quintana. Uh, no, that's, uh, Kendra, Nicole, Maria Teicher, um, Alex Garant, Joka. Oh, I thought that, that was the, that looked kind of like, a, uh, Dan Quintana, the Alex. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you have a nice yeah, collection. 
but he's got a good collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Do you remember what I was saying? No. <laughs> oh, we were talking about uh, managing. Oh, right, right. Oh, my po point was, um, if there was like a good person because usually you know i found that there's been a couple of kind of manager types that have tried to manage people in in the in our scene um mm -hmm. years ago really in the kind of copro scene and stuff they're kind of like shysters you know they're not like cool people that you want to be sharing with really yeah scammers sort of but but if there was like a good smart business-minded person that was decent and wanted to help artists i think there are so many great artists that could use that help that, um, you know, it would be a benefit to both parties, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I very often, and I know a lot of artists that just from what I know, if I didn't have to hustle my own career, I, I know I could, I could like triple what they earn. If I if I just didn't have anything else to do and I could kind of manage their their online presence and stuff, I it's just like I you know I could barely do my own as it is and keep the paintings going. Yeah. So anyway, well I don't know I I I think you know I think you're gonna hit the big time as far as I'm concerned. So trying. <laughs> well, keep trying. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. That was uh, a great. Thanks interview. so much me I, this is awesome <laughs> yeah um everyone should go and check out rachel bridge's work we'll put links you can send me links to whatever you got your etsy store and website and all that business and um get more prints made <laughs> get prints made yeah hit me up if you want info on any of that stuff if i can help you know and check out the right. check out some of those old podcasts too because we do cover a lot of that Okay. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's lots. There's marketing ones and print ones, and then we're getting the website together, the Dark Art Society website, and we're gonna try and have like resources for for people like printers and yeah. So it's, it's slowly but surely being built. But cool. um, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. Um, to the podcast thank you for supporting on the patreon we really appreciate it is been membership's been up over the last couple weeks it's been pretty amazing it's growing faster now than it ever has for sure so things are going well with the community and um thank you for supporting it uh if you want to if you if you can spare a dollar a month you can support us on patreon which is patreon.com slash dark art society um, a dollar a month you can cancel anytime if you're not into it um, but uh, it's helping us build a website and grow the movement and interview great artists like Rachel and Brom and all the people we've had on so far um, so there's my pitch that's it <laughs> so uh, say goodbye to the audience goodbye goodbye <laughs> we will talk to you next week later <laughs>